Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. And so it's time to talk about the best fiction of the year. And I'm delighted that we're joined by two of our favourite writers. Adele Coffey and Kevin Power are with us to go through their choices for the best fiction of the year. And I'm going to ask you both to start about the book, which was the unpost novel of the year and is definitely my favourite novel of the year as well. Louise Kennedy's Trespasses. Um, for those who aren't familiar with the story, Adele, what is it and what makes this book so good? Oh, yeah. So it's it's a really, it's a gorgeous story, actually. It's about um, a, a young woman, a Catholic woman, an older Protestant married man who have an affair in 1970s Belfast. And that's the real sort of emotional heart of the story. But it also set against that backdrop, as you can imagine, it tells a, a bigger political and historical story that we're all very familiar with. What do you make of this, Kevin? Well, I think this is an extraordinary book um, and it's a first novel um, by a writer, Louise Kennedy, who came quite late to writing. She worked for almost three decades as a, as a chef and began to write quite, you know, this is a this is an inspiring story for anyone who's, you know, worried that they've, they've missed the boat. I mean, it's always, it's always a ridiculous thing to worry about. You can start writing at any age. But Louise, Louise Kennedy really, really is the real thing, the genuine article. Yeah. This is a novel that is, it, it, there's just some gorgeous lines in there. It's, it, the main character is lying in her in her lover's arms and she talks about the hot scallion smell of his armpit. And it's like, it's just so, so vividly written and so well <laughs> it's done. It's funny, Kevin, I remember the first time I came across Louise Kennedy and it was in, uh, you know, Kevin Power's winter papers, kind of like an, an a- annual for adults. And um, I just read the story by her. It was last year's one or the year before, I think. It was before her cul-de-sac at the end of the world came out. And um, I just was sitting up in bed really late reading her story. And I thought, who is this woman? And I tweeted her immediately. I was like, Whatever, whoever you are, I love this story. And it was just, it was that kind of um, thing she does where she gets right to the very heart of emotion. And I was kind of awake all night after reading the story in that book and then went on to read her short stories in this book, obviously. Um, but she is that kind of writer. She's got the literary chops and also um, the real emotional heart um, that really gets you on that level as well. OK, well, I'd recommend it as well as the best novel of the year. Definitely one to read. Kevin, your next choice is Colin Barrett and Homesickness Stories. Tell us about this. Yeah, this is Colin Barrett's second collection of short stories and second book. He published a first collection called Young Skins in, in 2014 that did extremely well. It won lots of awards and kind of made uh, made his, his reputation in a way. But he's he's a he's a cost of writer. He publishes a short story on average about once a year. Now, there is a novel due next year, which is which is quite exciting. There's no, we don't know much about that yet. It's due out, um, I think, in the middle of next year. But the second collection of short stories, it's eight short stories. They are they're kind of pitch perfect. They're mostly about kind of small town rural life. He grew up in Mayo. He writes beautifully about what it means to grow up in a, in a, in a small town in Mayo. Um, but he also writes it, the title is Homesickness. So it's about the two kinds of homesickness. You are sick for home and you are sick of home. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> OK, your next choice, Adele, is by an author who was here with us to do a culture club only a few weeks ago. And that was Maggie O'Farrell. And you've gone for the mar- marriage portrait. Yeah, I was wondering how Maggie O'Farrell would follow up Hamnet, which um, people may have read and enjoyed and also won the Women's Prize there. But um, she's followed up with this book called The Marriage Portrait, which is set in a similar era, but it's in um, aristocratic Italy. And it's about 
one of the Medici, um, a daughter called Lucrezia, who died when she was 16. She was married off at the age of 13 to this um, Duke Alfonso. Her sister, her older sister, was previously engaged to him, but she died. And so Lucrezia was kind of offered as the second prize. And um, the book starts with Maggie O'Farrell just giving us a lovely sort of teaser, which says, you know, uh, she'd been taken to this castle or with her husband and within a year she'd be dead. So we know from the very, very beginning that Lucrezia is going to die. We just don't know how and we don't know if um, her husband does it or not. So um, you've got that kind of thriller element to the book, but also there's all this beautiful descriptive language and also sumptuous description of this 17th century um, Italy and all the courts and the wealth and the kind of... Um, the danger of being an aristocrat in that time. So it's a real sort of dive in and escape from your own ordinary world kind of read, which I think is perfect for Christmas. Your next choice, Kevin, is, well, is this sort of a follow up to the magnificent book from 1989, The Book of Evidence by John Banville, which I still think is one of his finest works. It's a terrific read and I reread it recently. But tell us about the singularities. Yeah, The Singularities, Banfield's. He said it will be his final literary novel. He's still writing the, the kind of crime novels, which are very doing very well. But The Singularities, yeah, he, I mean, I'm a long-time Banfield fan. Um, and The Singularities is a book that designed, it seems, almost specifically for the long-time Banfield fan. It's full of references to the old novels, characters who reappear, themes, even images, even sentences that you'll, if you really know the the early books, you'll spot some echoes and and, and, and callbacks, as it were. Um, I remember years ago, I, I plucked up the courage to approach Banville at a, at a book launch and said how much I admired the Book of Evidence and the Newton Letter. And he said, ah, yes, the early funny ones. Um, but, <laughs> but the singularities really is funny. Um, it about Fred, because John Banville is quite funny. He's an well. extremely funny man, it yeah. turns out. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Absolutely. But in the novel, Freddie Montgomery, who's the narrator of the Book of Evidence, who famously murders, murders a woman in order to steal a, a painting that he's fallen in love with, um, is finally released from prison, but he emerges into a world that has been in some ways rendered into an alternative reality by the discoveries of a, a mathematician who appeared in a previous Banville novel. It's all very involuted and complex, but the, the prose line by line, every page has got these gorgeous sentences. You know, we've come to expect them from Banville, but he's still just absolutely a master of English prose and, and nobody, nobody writes paragraphs and sentences like John Banville. It's a gorgeous book. Now, Adele, you were a recent winner at the Book Awards, the Unpost Book Awards, but another winner was Marion Keys, and you've picked out again, Rachel, as something for people to read. Yeah, I, I, again, I kind of I read very differently at Christmas time and on summer holidays than I read throughout the whole rest of the year. So I've kind of chosen books with that in mind because. At these times of year, I usually just put aside all required reading and all sort of um, uh, reading that I might have to do for work and go to pleasure. And this is pure pleasure, especially if you've read the original Rachel's Holiday, which was written 25 years ago. It's probably one of Marion Key's favourite books. She gave her fans what they've been agitating for all these years, a sequel, and it really didn't disappoint. Um, Rachel's back in Dublin now. She's separated from her husband and she's running the rehab clinic where she initially originally took her holiday way back 25 years ago. So we don't know what's happened and we don't know why she's back here and why she's separated. And um, we learn all that in the course of this book. And it really 
it was one of those books I was sort of concerned about reading. I was thinking, oh God, please let it, please let it be, you know, the equal of its original. And it really is. And it's a, you know, I don't think anyone else but Marion Keyes could have rounded out that story in the way that she did. It's really satisfying. And um, there's even tiny little references to Joyce's Ulysses in it, which is very satisfying too, I have to say. Your next choice, Kevin, has a wonderful title, Venomous Lump Sucker <laughs> by Ned Bowman. What's Venomous Lump Sucker? This is one for the, the kind of science fiction nerds in the, in the audience. Uh, ve- a Venomous Lump Sucker is a type of fish. It's, it's a fictional fish that Bowman has, has made up. And this is a kind of thriller set a few years in the future, the very near future, when mass extinction of animals has become a kind of clear and present problem in, uh, in everybody's life. And an industry has sprung up around buying extinction credits. You, uh, large corporations can sort of just buy off the rights to uh, eliminate, to exterminate an entire species in the name of, you know, profit extracting, you know, mine, stuff from mines or under the sea or whatever. Um, and it, it follows two people who kind of, one is a passionate kind of climate scientist uh, who's been studying, she's uh, interested in animal intelligence. She's been studying the venomous lumpsucker and thinks it's the most intelligent animal on earth. Um, and the other character is a, a guy who has been working for the, what's called the extinction industry. And he accidentally wipes out the venomous lumpsucker and has to, before he gets, you know, hauled up in front of, you know, congressional committees and thrown in jail, he has to produce a, a living example of the species to prove it hasn't been made extinct. It's kind of, it's knockabout, it's it's very inventive. It's a bit like William Gibson, those kind of science fiction thrillers. Um, but it's also, it, it turns darker as it goes on and becomes quite a, a, quite a serious book about how we relate to animals in the age of, of mass extinction. That sounds very interesting. Ned Bowman, Venomous Lump Sucker. You've stayed in Ireland for your next choice. Somebody else who did a cultural club for us only a couple of months ago and somebody who's always a great person to meet and to talk to, Donna Ryan, the Queen of Dirt Island. Why did you enjoy this, Adele? Well, I loved it because it was a story, um, a really, just a lovely story. And I mean that in the best possible way, like a story that's a really feel good story for me, even though there are dark moments in it. It's about this family um, of of women and girls, uh, three generations, the Aylward women, and um, their lives have kind of been shaped by a tragedy from the get go. Um, but so much of this book is just pure enjoyment on a sentence by sentence level. Um, how Donal Ryan captures the voices of rural Ireland and particularly Nina, where he is from or uh, definitely lives, I think. But um, so, so you get all those very Irish sayings that are very enjoyable as an Irish person to read in a novel as well. But also, I love that this book is about family and it's not so much uh, it's about the family that we are related to by blood, obviously, but it's also about what family can be. And it doesn't always have to be about those links, those um, blood links. It can also be found elsewhere. And yeah, it's just a, a wonderful feel good novel that I really enjoyed. And again, I think I could imagine reading after Christmas dinner by the fire. Kevin, the next one that you have, I hope I'm going to get the title this correctly, is written by Adrian Duncan and it's called The Geometer Lobachevsky. Yes. <laughs> I feel like Kevin's trolling us with the title. Today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is by Adrian Duncan. Adrian Duncan, is, he's published four books in four years. Actually, I think five books in five years is his, is his current rate, all with the Lilliput Press, obviously marvellous um, Irish independent publisher. I'm getting a plug in because they're also my publisher. Um, <laughs> Fair uh, enough. <laughs> and he writes these extraordinary books. They're not quite like anybody anybody else's. They're very reflective and ruminative. This is about a, a Soviet geometer who is sent to Ireland in the 1950s um, to 
help uh, with a project to kind of measure peat bogs in the Midlands. Um, that sounds like it's not necessarily the stuff of high drama. And it, I mean, it isn't in a way, but it's not meant to be. It's meant to be a kind of reflection on how we think about landscape ourselves, um, what it means to be in a landscape that is not our own. Um, it's it, He writes these kind of long paragraphs. They're very reflective, but they're also extraordinarily kind of rich and perceptive. He's a really, really interesting writer. He's he's doing something that nobody nobody else in Ireland is doing at the moment. I think if it, for someone who's interested in kind of more experimental literary fiction, this would be a this would be a really interesting book. Okay, that's Adrian Duncan, the Geometer Lobachevsky. You've got two books by Colleen Hoover, Adele. It starts with us, it ends with us. Yeah. Now, tell us about Colleen Hoover, who you describe as a book talk sensation. What's that? Yeah. Oh, look, Colleen Hoover, I just didn't think that we could talk about the year in books 2022 without mentioning Colleen Hoover. She's an absolute sensation. So she's sold more books this year than the Bible has sold books, which will give you an indication of her... um, her success. We'd all like a little bit of that. <laughs> but she um, she started off, you know, she's living in a trailer in America. She started writing. Um, she published, self-published a, a story online. Um, within a matter of months, it was a New York Times bestseller. It's the stuff of lottery winning dreams, essentially. And she was picked up by traditional publishers. And when the pandemic started, she put up five of her novels um, for free. And people started reading them, the ebooks. And the result was she became this absolute sensation and her fans who were called cohorts uh, started um, being evangelical about it online, particularly on Book Talk, which is has had such a massive impact on book sales for, for lots of authors, but particularly for her. She's absolutely massive. Uh, this uh, It starts with us and it ends with us. It ends with us was the one that everyone was reading kind of last year. And like, she's like the Beatles of authors. She's on the She's Are they good the though? Top four. Um, they're very melodramatic. Um, so they are. Be, are they good commercial. though? <laughs> um, it, it, okay, in which category are we talking about good? They fulfill <laughs> a certain kind of um, pleasure principle. So escapist. This one is very romantic, but they have a serious issue at their heart, which is. Um, domestic abuse, control, that kind of stuff, which apparently Colleen Hoover um, was inspired by her own mother's relationship with her father. So, yeah, but they have names like Atlas, uh, Corrigan and Ryle Kincaid, and he's a neurosurgeon. And, you know, it's quite fantastical, really, um, and melodramatic, but there is a, a something enjoyable about that as well, the escapism of it. So, like, if you're into romance, I think you'll very much enjoy these. And so she, again, because her fans agitated so much, she has come out with a sequel, which is from Atlas Corrigan's perspective. That's called It Starts With Us. Always See, I'm still not sure whether you think October. these are good or not, Adele, whether you actually do I like them and are always embarrassed as to say it. No, no, never be embarrassed <laughs> to say it. I think they're good as commercial fiction escapist novels. Um, like, the, it's not, okay, it's different than John Banville's latest book, for example. It's different than the geometer Lobachevsky, was that it? Um, you know, they're, they're different books, apples and oranges, but... Um, I've I've only read I've only read one now and that is it um, it ends with us and I found a quite high melodrama, okay. but also quite quite uh, quite addictive like you know and you'll read it in a day kind of thing you know but but listen twenty million sales can't be wrong 
Well, you could say that about Fifty Shades of Grey as well, I suppose. Well, guess what? <laughs> she's actually friends with E.L. James and it's probably because she's the only other author on the planet who can understand where she's at now. So there you go. Okay. The Colony by Audrey McGee, Kevin. Tell us what this book is about. Uh, this this book was long listed for the Booker Prize and, and it, it's it's a very interesting novel. Again, it's more toward the literary experimental end of things, but I, I don't think anyone should let that put them off reading it because it's it's an extremely readable book. It's uh, about an Englishman, uh, a painter, who goes to a, an island off the coast of Ireland, a very small island, three miles long off the coast of I- Ireland, to paint, uh, to be alone and to indulge his, his creativity. Um, he's kind of stuck up and obnoxious and the islanders who mostly speak only Irish um, are highly suspicious of him, but they rent him out a room and they they let him kind of do his thing. And eventually they become involved in him in various ways, some more predictable than others. Um, uh, and it, it gradually becomes clear that the year is 1979 um, and that we're being, through all of the adventures of the artists on the island, we're being given updates on what's going on in the north, various murders, bombings, other atrocities. And we, we realise that 1979 is the year of uh, the massacre at Warren Point. It's the year of the uh, bomb on um, Lord Mountbatten's fishing boat. So it was one of the one of the bloodiest years of the Troubles. And so you begin to feel that this novel is really trying to make a very big statement about islands and colonies. Um, I, I have my I have some reservations about the kind of, the in some ways, the big obviousness of that. But uh, at the same time, it's a book that since I read it, I, I, I've thought about it a lot. It really has stayed with me. It's quite unusual, quite haunting um, and quite beautifully written. Adele, your last choice is by somebody who worked here on The Last Word for many years, Angela Flannery, in her book, The Amusements. Yeah, um, this is her debut novel as well, but I think she's been very involved in literature. She does the Dublin Review podcast. Anyone who listens to that will be familiar with her lovely voice. But um, her book, and she was shortlisted for Newcomer of the Year this year at Ompos Book Awards. But um, I, I think we'll be seeing a lot more of her, actually. She studied under Anne Enright in UCD, she did the MA in creative writing there and wrote this beautiful novel about two friends growing up in the seaside town of Tremor in Waterford. And again, it kind of makes, gives me the same feeling as, um, as Donald Ryan's beautiful books, um, or definitely influences of Anne Enright as well. Um, I think if you like those two authors, you'll like this. And it's not overly long either. It's a nice, compact little novel and it's it's lovely it, it explores their relationship over decades um so I, I think i think anyone who likes those authors will enjoy this one we've two to finish with from you kevin first of all martina devlin and her book edith that's right this is a, a public again published by lilliput press this year um it's a it's a wonderful novel it's about uh, the later life of, of Edith Somerville, who was one half of Somerville and Ross, the writing team who were responsible for the Irish ORM, which were you know, enormously successful during their during their lifetimes, um, uh, herself and, and Violet uh, Violet uh, Martin, who went under the name of Ross when she wrote, was her her writing partner. And yeah, the Irish ORM was filmed in the in the nineteen seventies. You know, it was a TV series made of it. Um, but this is it looks at a part of Somerville's life um, that is kind of nobody knew that much about before Martina started looking into it. And it, it's it's later on after uh, Violet Martin has died and Edith Somerville is looking to rejuvenate her literary career. So she decides she's going to write a play um, and she lives down in, uh, you know, the beautiful family home in Cork, which is they're in debt, they're in danger of losing the losing the family home. And they're, and they're Protestants in a changing Ireland. This is, you know, the 1920s, the Civil War, 
Um, and the IRA, IRA flying squads are kind of roaming the countryside and very much, you know, a threat to the to the any kind of Protestant big house, you know, that they that they are aware of. And so she's negotiating. She tries to write a play and she tries to get it staged and she sends it to Bernard Shaw. And it's about her struggles to kind of rejuvenate her literary career as a kind of solo writer without her collaborator. And it's about trying to negotiate the identity of being Protestant in Ireland um, during that period of upheaval. It's a, it's, it reads like a thriller. I mean, it's, it's, it's a kind of, it's a very literary novel, but you, you fly through it. It's a, it's, a, it's a great book. And one final one, you have Susanna Dickey has written Common Decency. Mm, this is, yeah, uh, Susanna Dickey's a Northern Irish writer. Um, this is her second novel. And it's about two women who live in the same Belfast apartment block. Um, one of them is this sort of younger woman, Siobhan. She's having an affair with with a, a lecturer from Dublin. Um, and that's it, it really, the best parts of the book are the description of how this affair begins, how it continues. It's really gripping, absolutely brilliant. The characters are so alive, they feel so real. Um, the other character then is is, is an older woman, um, uh, it's never spelled out, but Siobhan is Catholic and the, the older woman is is, is a Protestant. And the, but it doesn't, it doesn't make a big point of that. And she's very lonely. Her mother has died. She has no friends. And she becomes obsessed with Siobhan's life and begins to interfere in it in small ways. Um, and it sets up, it feels like it's going to be kind of a thriller, but it, it goes in a slightly different direction. It's much more interested in emotion and psychology. Um, but it's, again, a book that I read and, and found myself thinking about, you know, for, for weeks after I'd read it which is always a good sign of a book. Okay, that's Common Decency by Susanna Dickey. Thank you to both of you, Kevin Parr and Adele Coffey, for being with us to do our Fiction Books of the Year, of course. Kevin is the author of White City and Bad Day in Black Rock. And Adele, of course, her book Breaking Point won the Crime Fiction Award at the Unpost Book Awards this year. Thank you very much to both of you for being with us. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today, F-